0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, uh, Halloween's over. Uh, Good riddance. I always get uh, my obsession with October. Uh, I wind up getting a a type of fatigue. I decorate my house with Halloween lights, and it's so cute. And then... uh, I, you know, listen to stuff I've listened to over October months in the past. And I just get that nice, warm, cozy feeling. And then by the end of October, I'm sick of it. When the kids came to Trick or Treat, I put out uh, a bowl. And in that bowl, I had individual bags of candy. That way, no one's touched anything. The kids can just grab it and go. And they can uh, mind their own business. But uh, I do expect for them to say thank you. And I can get the chance to say, ah, what are you dressed as, uh? And they go, no, I'm clearly a space alien I go, ha 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 But didn't get that this time Putting the bowls out, they think that no one's going to come to the door So they just come up, they grab the food And then they go, I called it food And uh So I was kind of a dud And I just sort of sat around and watched TV Watched a whole documentary uh, On YouTube About Big Blue winning a chess championship Did you know that IBM Kind of cheated uh, they were just jerks and didn't follow any of the normal rules of chess championships, uh, where you get to share information about how you play the game and get to watch footage of other games, and they hid all of it and just made the guy go in blind. So, kind of a bunch of jerks. None of this means anything. The point is, it's November. November is a time of almost nothing. Oh, sure, in other countries, we, you all have your different holidays during this month, but, uh... I don't know if any of them matter. We have Thanksgiving, and I think it's a weird holiday and a mildly offensive one. Uh, We have Black Friday, the shopping holiday. It's become a holiday in its own. And I am scheduled to go to the DMV to renew my license on Black Friday. So that's either going to make it the easiest experience I've ever had or the worst. I can't tell yet. And those are the things you get to think about during uh, November. Just generally unimportant things, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Uh, crappy weather, just thinking about stuff involving life, like grocery shopping, and I'm um, getting a job. That's another thing I get to think about. And, uh, and on and on. So, here's to November. What do you read during November? Uh, since I don't have a, a themed month going on right now, uh, I'm just going to read fairy tales. Why? Because I've run out of stuff to read. Uh, I'm going to read from the Blue Fairy Book, Uh, just all the stories in it, and just plow through them and uh, see if we can learn anything to apply to our life. Like, does the first story I'm going to read tonight have anything to do with getting a job? Uh, When you're a middle-aged man, you're not nearly as marketable. How do you get one? Do the fairy tales ever address that issue? No, Uh, they address the issues of the times that they were written, which usually involved watching out for people raiding your village and things like that. Well, on that note, uh, let's dive into our story. What do you do when there's nothing to say about the author of the book you're about to read? Well, you can't do anything. I've read his uh, Andrew Lang short bio, and when I read stories from uh, the Red Fairy book, he was uh, born on the 31st of March, 1844, and he died on the 20th of July, 1912. Scottish poet, novelist, literary critic, uh, contributed to the field of anthropology. That's it. Uh, You can look into his works which has basically just been collecting up uh, fairy tale stories. Some claiming to be true, uh, some claiming to just be a fiction. How do you know which is which? No idea. But, uh, so that's not helpful. So then I looked up uh, his fairy books in general, and it just says that there's 25 of them, uh, some are true, some are false, written between 1889 and 1913, uh, by him and his wife. Uh, Leonora Blanche uh, That's kind of it Nothing else So I couldn't accept that There's got to be more to say about the author Of all these books All the work it took to collect them all And get them into the thing And get them translated from whatever languages And into English and and on and on He's got a million of them But uh, Nothing's really said about them You can look at the Blue Fairy book just says the first edition, 5,000 copies, uh, sold for six shillings each. Nothing. Uh, dumb. So, with that, I stepped outside into the cold, windy night that we have right now and just stared at the rising moon, which is a full moon. And I watched it for a while, wondering how is it possible that a man who did all this work on all these books. And there's nothing to be said about him on Wikipedia. There has to be something. This has to be an author of some import. And as I stared at the moon, the moon whispered down to me, sometimes people just aren't important. And I said, how? It said, sometimes just people are boring sometimes. And with that, the moon winked at me and and then took off across the sky. So, with that, I really don't have anything to say about our author. Nothing cute or whimsical or any fun facts. I even looked up fun facts. There's no fun facts about Andrew Lang. Or his wife. Uh, So, we'll just dive into the stories. Our first story from the Blue Fairy book is The Bronze Ring. Once upon a time in a certain country... There lived a king whose palace was surrounded by a spacious garden. But though the gardeners were many and their soil was good, this garden yielded neither uh, flowers nor fruits, uh, not even grass or uh, shady trees. The king was in despair about it when a a wise old man said to him, "Uh, uh, uh, Your gardeners do not understand their business. But what can you expect of men whose fathers were cobblers and carpenters? Bleh. How should they have learned to cultivate your garden? Ah, you're quite right, cried the king. Therefore, continued the old man, you should send for a gardener whose father and grandfather have been gardeners before him. And very soon your garden will be full of green grass and gay flowers, and you'll enjoy its uh, its delicious fruit. So... Yeah, the king sent messengers to every town, village, and to hamlet in his dominions uh, To look uh, for a gardener yeah, His forefathers had been gardeners also And after forty days, one was found Come with us, and be a gardener to the king uh, They said to him, as if they were recruiting him like in the military yeah, How can I go to the king, said the gardener A poor wretch like me yeah, that's no consequence," they answered. Uh, "You, you are new clothes for you. Here are new clothes for you and your family. Uh, but, but I owe money to several people. Uh, we'll pay your debts," uh, they said. So, uh, the gardener allowed himself to be persuaded, and he went away with the with the messengers, uh, taking his wife and his son with him. And the king, delighted to have found a real gardener, entrusted him with the care of his garden. The man found no difficulty in making the royal garden produce flowers. Uh, And fruit And at the end of a year the park Was not like the same place And the king showered gifts Upon his new servant The gardener As you've uh, heard already Had a son Ah, Who was a very handsome young man With the most agreeable manners Hmm. And every day he carried The best fruit of the garden To the king And all the prettiest flowers (laughs) To his daughter now, this princess was wonderfully pretty, oh, and was just sixteen years old and the king was beginning to think it was time that she should be married. Oh, my dear child said he "You are of an age to take a husband, no, you're not, therefore, I am thinking of marrying you to the son of my prime minister. Father replied, the princess, I will never marry." Uh, "'The son of the minister?' Well, "'Why not?' asked the king. "'Because I love the gardener's son,' answered the princess. Then, hear this, the king was uh, at first very angry, and then he wept, weird, and sighed, well, that's odd, and declared that such a husband was not worthy of his daughter, his sixteen-year-old daughter. But the young princess was not to be turned from a resolution to marry the gardener's son. Then the king Consulted his ministers. This is what you must do, they said. To get rid of the gardener, you must send both suitors to a very distant country, and the one who returns first shall marry your daughter. The king followed this advice, and the minister's son was presented with a splendid horse and a purse full of gold pieces, while the gardener's son only had an old lame horse and a purse full of copper money, and everyone thought he would never come back from his journey. Well, the day before they started, the princess uh, met her lover and said to him, "Uh, Be brave, and remember always that I love you. I'm sixteen years old. Take this purse full of jewels, and make the best use you can of them for love of me, sixteen years old, and come back quickly and demand my hand. I'm sixteen years old. The two suitors left the town together, but the minister's son went off at a gallop on his good horse. Very soon, it was lost to sight behind the most distant hills. He, he, he traveled on for some days and presently reached a mountain, a uh, fountain, said that wrong, beside which an old woman in all rags sat upon a stone. Yeah, good day to you, young traveler, said she. But the minister's son made no reply. Uh, "'Have pity on me, Traveler,' uh, she said again. "'I am dying of hunger. uh, "'As you see, in three days I have been here "'and no one has given me anything.' "'Let me alone, old witch,' cried the young man. "'I can do nothing for you,' and so saying he went on his way. "'That same evening the gardener's son rode up to the fountain "'upon his lame gray horse. "Uh, "'Good day to you, young Traveler,' uh, said the beggar woman. "'Good day, good woman,' answered he. "'You, traveller, have pity upon me.' "'Take my purse, good woman,' said he, "'and mount behind me, for your legs can't be very strong.'" "'Oh, the jokes, they're coming too fast.'" But I'm not going to say any of them. The old woman didn't wait to be asked twice, but mounted behind him. Again, not saying a word. And in this style, they reached the chief city of a powerful kingdom. The minister's son was lodged in a grand inn, and the gardener's son and the old woman dismounted uh at the inn for beggars. The next day, uh, the gardener's son heard a great noise in the street, and the king's heralds passed, uh, blowing all kinds of instruments, and crying, "'The king, our master, is old and infirm.' He will give a great reward uh, to whoever will cure him and give him back the strength of his youth. Then the uh, old beggar woman said to her benefactor, This is what you must do to obtain the the reward which the king promises. Uh, Go out out of town uh, by the south gate. There you'll find uh, three little dogs of uh, different colors. Uh, The first will be white, uh, the second black, and the third uh, red you must kill them and then burn them separately. <laughs> uh, that's odd. And gather up the ashes. Yeah, put the ashes of each dog uh, into a bag of its own color. And then, before the door of the palace, and uh, go before the door of the palace and cry out, a celebrated physician has come from Gia- Gianna in Albania. Uh, he alone can cure the king and give him back the strength of his youth. The king's physicians will say, ah, this is an imposter and not a learned man. And they will make all sorts of difficulties, but you will overcome them all at last. And will present yourself before the sick king. You must then demand as much wood as three mules can carry. Uh, three mules now. And a great cauldron. And must shut yourself up in a room with the, with the sultan. And when the cauldron boils, you must throw him into it. And there, leave him until the flesh is completely separated from its bones. Mother of God. Then arrange the bones uh, in their proper places. And uh, throw them over the ashes of the three bags. The king will come back to life. And he will be just as he was when he was uh, 20 years old. Uh, For your reward, you must demand the bronze ring, which has the power to grant you everything you desire. Wait. So the king has a bronze ring that'll grant you everything you desire can't he just use the ring to be young again does a man and three dogs have to die horribly go my son and do not forget any of my instructions well the young man followed the old beggar woman's directions uh, after she's uh, dismounted him and on going out of the town uh, he found the white uh, red and uh, black dogs and uh, killed and burnt them Gathering the ashes of three dogs, he ran to the palace and cried, "Celebrated physician, i uh, just come from Gjana in Albania. Uh, he alone can cure the king and give him back the strength of his youth." Yeah, the king's physicians at first uh, laughed at the unknown wayfarer, uh, and the sultan ordered that the stranger should be admitted. And they brought the cauldron and the loads of wood. And very soon, the king was uh, boiling away. The king was boiling away. Uh, toward midday, the gardener's son arranged the bones in their places, and he had hardly scattered the ashes over them before the old king revived, to find himself uh, once more young and hearty. "'Well, how can I reward you, my benefactor?' he cried. "'Will you take half my treasures?' "'No,' said the gardener's son. Uh, uh, "'My daughter's hand?' Uh, "'No,' P- probably because she's older than sixteen. Uh, "'Take half my kingdom?' "'No!' Give me only the bronze ring, which can instantly grant me anything I wish for. Alas, said the king, I I set great store by that marvelous ring, except not giving himself youth. Uh, Nevertheless, you shall have it. And he gave it to him. I can already tell this is one of the true stories out of the true and fantasy stories of this book. The gardener's son went back to say goodbye to the old beggar woman. Uh, Then he said, to the bronze ring uh, said to the bronze ring uh, prepare a splendid ship in which i may continue my journey uh, let the hull be of fine gold and the masts of silver and the sails of brocade brocade broc- letting it go hey wait i'm using the kindle again i can uh, look up how to pronounce it and what the heck it is ah brocade a rich fabric usually silk woven with a raised pattern typically eh, with gold and silver thread there we go. The good old Kindle. Oh, I love it. Let the crew consist of 12 young men of noble appearance, dressed like kings. Uh, Saint Nicholas will be at the helm. Uh, as to the cargo, let it be diamonds and uh, rubies and emeralds and carbuncles. Now that I got the Kindle, what exactly is a carbuncle? A uh, Severe abscess of multiple boil of the skin typically infected with bacteria a, a, or, or number two, a bright red gem, in particular, garnet cut. Okay, so great. And immediately a ship appeared upon the sea, which resembled in every particular the description given by the Gardener's Son, and stepping on board, he continued his journey. Presently, he arrived at a great town and established himself, ah, in a wonderful palace. After several days, he met his rival, the minister's son who had spent all his money and was reduced to the disagreeable employment of a carrier of dust and rubbish. The gardener's son said to him, "'What is your name, what is your family, and from what country do you come?' "'I'm the son of a prime minister of a great nation.' "'and yet see what a degrading occupation I'm reduced to. "'Listen to me. "'Though I don't know anything more about you, "'I am willing to help you. "'I will give you a ship to take you back to your own country "'upon one condition. Uh, "'Whatever it may be, I accept it willingly.'" me to my palace (laughs) the minister's son followed the rich stranger with whom he had not recognized and when they reached the palace the gardener's son made the made a sign uh, to his slaves oh my lord who completely undressed the newcomer gross make this ring red hot commanded the master and mark the man with it upon his back Weird, the slaves obeyed him. Now, young man, said the rich stranger, I'm going to give you a vessel, uh, which you can take back to your own country. And going out, he took the bronze ring and said, Bronze ring, obey thy master, prepare me a ship of which the half-rotten timbers shall be painted black, let the sails be in rags. Wow, this is a bitter, bitter winter. "'and the sailors infirm and sickly. <laughs> "'One shall have lost a leg, another an arm, "'and the third shall, uh, shall uh, be a hunchback, "'another lame or club-footed or blind. Uh, "'Most of them shall be ugly and covered with scars. "'Go, and uh, let my orders be executed.'" Well, the minister's son embarked in this old vessel, and thanks to favorable winds at length reached his own country. In spite of the pitiable condition in which he returned, they received him joyfully. I am the first to come back, said he to the king. Now fulfill your promise and give me the princess, who's sixteen, in marriage. So they at once began to prepare for the wedding festivities, and as to the poor princess, she was sorrowful and angry enough about it. The next morning, at daybreak, a wonderful ship, ah, with every sail set, came to anchor before town. The king happened at that moment to be at the palace window. Uh, what a strange ship is this, he cried. Yeah, that's a... "'Is that a golden hull, silver masts, and silken sails? "'And who are the young men, uh, like princes who man it? "'I don't uh, Do I not see St. Nicholas at the helm? Uh, "'Go once and invite this captain of the ship to come to the palace.' "'Well, the servants obeyed him, and very soon in came an enchantingly handsome young prince "'dressed in rich silk, ornamented with, 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 with pearls, weird, and diamonds.' "'Young man,' said the king, "'you are welcome, whoever you may be. "'Do me the favor to be my guest "'as long as you remain in my capital.' Uh, "'Many thanks, sire,' replied the captain. "'I accept your offer.' "'My my daughter's about to be married,' said the king. Uh, "'Will you give her away? Uh, "'I shall be charmed, sire.' "'Soon after came the princess uh, and her betrothed. Uh, "'Why, how is this?' cried the young captain. Would you marry this charming princess uh, to such a man as that? Uh, But he is my prime minister's son. What does that matter? I cannot give your daughter away. The the man she's betrothed to is is one of my servants. Your servant? Oh, without a doubt. I met him in a distant town, reduced to carrying away dust and rubbish from the houses. I had pity on him, Uh, it engaged him as one of my servants. "'It is impossible,' cried the king. "'Do you wish me to prove uh, what I say?' Uh, "'This young man returned in a vessel which I fitted out for him. an unseaworthy ship with a black-battered hull, "'and the sailors were infirm and crippled. "'One of them was even hunchbacked.' "'It is quite true,' said the king. "'It is false,' cried the minister's son. "'I do not know this man.' "'Sire,' said the young captain, "'order your daughter's patrol to be stripped "'and see if the mark of my ring is not branded upon his back. "'Weird that that happened.' and the guy was just kind of cool with it. The king was about to give this order when the minister's son, uh, to save himself from such an indignity, admitted that the story was true. "'And now, sire,' said the young captain, "'do you not recognize me?' "'Oh, I recognize you,' said the princess. "'You are the gardener's son, "'who I have always loved, and I'm sixteen, "'and it is you that I wish to marry "'at the age of sixteen. "'Young man!' "'You shall be my son-in-law,' cried the king. Uh, "'The marriage festivities have already begun. Uh, "'So you shall marry my daughter this very day.' "'And so that very day the gardener's son "'married the beautiful princess.' Yeah, several months passed, and the young couple were uh, happy as the day was long, and the king was more and more pleased with himself for having secured such a uh, such a son-in-law. But presently, the captain of the golden ship found it uh, necessary to take a long voyage, and after embracing his wife tenderly, he embarked. Now... In the outskirts of the capital, there lived an old man who had spent his life in studying the, uh, the black arts, uh, alchemy, astrology, magic, and enchantment. Uh, this man found out that the gardener's son had only succeeded in marrying the princess uh, by the help of the genie who obe- obeyed the bronze uh, ring. I will have that ring, he said to himself. So he went down to the seashore and caught some little red fishes. really? They were quite wonderfully pretty. Uh, Then he came back. He's probably going to kill them and burn them. And uh, passing before the princess's window, he began to cry out, Who wants wants some pretty little red fishies? (laughs) The princess heard him and sent out one of her slaves. Ugh, the slaves. Who uh, said to the old peddler, uh, What do you take for your fish? Bronze Bronze ring. ring. a Bronze ring, old simpleton. And where shall I find one? Uh, "'Under the uh, under the cushion in the princess's room.' "'Well, the slave went back to her mistress. Uh, "'The old madman will take neither gold nor silver,' said she. Uh, wh- "'What does he want, then?' Uh, "'A bronze ring that's hidden under a cushion.' Uh, "'Find the ring and give it to him,' said the princess. "'At last, the slave found the bronze ring, "'which the captain of the golden ship had accidentally left uh, left behind. "'Why would he leave that thing behind?' "'And carried it to the man, who made off with it instantly.' If you have a ring that'll grant you any r- wish in the world unlimited, why don't you just at that point rule the world like a tyrant? <laughs> like, so now this guy is going to rule the world like a tyrant, right? Hardly had he reached his own house when, taking the ring, he said, Bronze ring, ah, obey thy master. I desire that a golden ship, always with the ships, shall turn uh, to black wood and the crew to, oh, hideous n words. Uh, boy. It's not the full n word. It's a. Uh, one of the lesser N-words, but still an N-word nonetheless. That St. Nicholas shall leave the helm, and that the only cargo shall be black cats. That's specific, and the genie of the bronze ring obeyed him. Finding himself upon the sea in this miserable condition, the young captain understood that someone must have stolen the bronze ring from him, and he lamented his misfortune loudly, but That did him no good. Alas, he said to himself, whoever has taken my ring has probably taken my my dear wife also. Uh, What good will it do for me to go back to my own country? Quite an assumption, because she's fine. And he sailed uh, about from island to island, from shore to shore, believing that wherever he went, everybody was, uh, was laughing at him. And very soon his poverty was so great, Uh, "'that he and his crew and the poor black cats "'had nothing to eat but herbs and roots. "'After wandering about a long time, "'he reached an island inhabited by mice. "'The captain landed upon the shore "'and began to explore the country. Uh, "'There were mice everywhere, and nothing but mice. "'Some of the black cats had followed him, "'and not having been fed for several days, "'they were fearfully hungry "'and made terrible havoc among the mice. "'Then the queen of the mice uh, held a council.' Well, these cats will eat every one of us, she said. And if the captain of the ship uh, does not shut the ferocious animals up, uh, let us send a deputation to him of the bravest among us. Well, several mice offered themselves. This story is insane. <laughs> it's going all over the place. Several mice offered themselves uh, for his mission and set out to find uh, the young capta- captain. Captain, uh, said they, yeah, go away quickly from our island or we shall perish, every mouse of us. "'Willingly,' replied the young captain, "'upon one condition. "'That is that you shall first bring me back a bronze ring, "'which some clever magician has stolen from me. "'And if you do not do this, "'I will land all my cats upon your island, "'and you shall be exterminated.' "'Well, the mice withdrew in great dismay. "'Eh, what is to be done?' said the queen. "Eh, "'How can we find this bronze ring?' "'Well, she held a new council.' calling in mice from every quarter of the globe. But nobody knew where the bronze ring was. Suddenly three mice arrived from a very distant country. One was blind, the second was lame, and the third had her ears cropped. Ho, 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 said the newcomers. We come from a far distant country. (laughs) Do you know where the bronze ring is? Which the the genie obey? Oh Ho, 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 we know. An old sorceress taken possession of it, and now he keeps it in his pocket by day and, and in his mouth by night. Ugh. Go and take it from him, and come back as soon as possible. So, the three is, so this island is apparently like the mouse capital of the entire world, because all these mice from all over the world are going to come save this one place. Ugh. So the three mice made themselves a boat and set sail for the magician's country. When they reached the capital, they landed and and ran to the place, taking only the blind mouse on the shore to take care of the boat. Uh, Then they waited uh, till it was night. Uh, The wicked old man lay in his bed and put the bronze ring in his mouth, and very soon he was asleep. Now what shall we do? said the two little animals to each other. Uh, The mouse, with the cropped ears, found a lamp full of oil and and a bottle full of pepper. So he dipped her tail in first, in the oil, and then in the pepper, and held it to the sorcerer's nose. Atisha, Atisha, sneezed the old man. Oh, that's weird, they spelled out sneezes, Atisha, eh, interesting. But he did not wake, and the shock made the bronze ring jump out of his mouth. Yeah, quick quickest thought, the lame mouse snatched up the precious talisman and carried it off to the boat, so it must not be that lame. Imagine the despair of the magician when he awoke and the bronze ring was nowhere to be found. Well, you probably you should wait till he poops it out. Common sense would say if you put something in your mouth and go to sleep, you might swallow it. But instead, he freaks out. Where is it? Where is it? It's probably in his butt. With common sense, but no, actually, we know it's mice. So by that time, our three mice had set sail with their prize. A, a favoring breeze was carrying them toward the island where the queen of the mice was awaiting them. Naturally, they began to talk about the bronze ring. And which of us deserves the most credit? They cried all at once. I do, said the blind mouse, for without my watchfulness our boat would have drifted away out into the open sea. No, indeed, cried the mouse with the cropped ears. The credit is mine. Did I not cause the ring to jump out of the man's mouth? That's mine, cried the lame one, for I ran off with the ring. And from high words they soon came to blows, and alas, uh, when the quarrel was fiercest, the bronze ring fell into the sea. Well, nice work. Uh, How we to face our queen, said the three mice, when by our folly we have lost the talisman and uh, condemned our people to be utterly exterminated. We cannot go back to our country. Uh, Let us stand on this desert island and there end our miserable lives. No sooner said than done, the boat reached the island and the mice landed. The blind mouse was speedily deserted uh, by her two sisters who went off to hunt flies. Uh, But as she wandered sadly along the shore, she found a dead fish uh, and was eating it when she felt something very hard. Uh, At her cries, the other two mice ran up. That's the uh, the bronze ring! "'It is the talisman,' they cried joyfully, "'and getting into their boat again, "'they soon reached the Mouse Island, "'and it was time that they did, "'for the captain was just going to land his cargo of cats, "'when a deputation of mice brought him the precious bronze ring. "'Bronze ring!' commanded the young man. "'Obey thy master, and let my ship appear eh, as it was before.' "'Immediately the genie of the ring set to work.' "'and the old black vessel became once more "'the wonderful golden ship with sails of brocade, "'and the handsome sailors ran to the silver masts "'and the silken ropes, and very soon "'they set sail for the capital. "'Ah, how merrily the sailors sang "'as they flew over the glassy sea. "'At last the port was reached, "'and the captain landed and ran to the palace, "'where he found the wicked old man asleep. "'The princess clasped her husband in a long embrace.' the magician, Dad, yeah, tried to escape, but he was seized and bound with strong cords. Uh, the next day, the sorcerer, uh, tied to the sail of the savage mule, loaded with nuts, was broken into as many pieces as there were nuts upon the mule's back. Next up, Prince Hyacinth. Okay. And the dear little princess. It's H-Y-A-C-I-N-T-H. Hyacinth. And the dear little princess. Ah, once upon a time there lived a king who was deeply in love with the princess yeah, But could not marry anyone because she was under an enchantment nah. So the king sent out to, to seek a fairy And asked what he could do to win the princess's love And the fairy said to him hey, You know what, the princess has a great cat, which she's very fond of uh, Whoever is uh, clever enough to tread on the cat's tail is the man she is destined to marry uh, the king said to himself that this would not be very difficult, and he left the fairy, determined to grind the cat's tail to powder rather than not tread on it at all. And you may imagine that it was not long before he went to see the princess, and, and Puss, as usual, marched in before him. Arching its back, uh, the king took a long step and quite thought he had the tail under his foot, uh, but the cat turned around so sharply uh, that he only trod on air, and, and so it went on for, for eight days till the king began to think that this fatal tail must be full of quicksilver and it must never be still for a moment. At last, however, he was lucky enough to come upon a a puss, fast asleep, uh, with his tail conveniently spread out, so the king, without losing a moment, set his foot upon it heavily. With one terrific yell, the cat sprang up ah, and instantly changed into a tall man uh, who, fixing his angry eyes upon the king, said, You shall marry the princess because you have been able to to break the enchantment, but I will have my revenge. Why? Do you want to be a cat? You shall have a son who will never be so happy until he finds out that his, his nose is too long. And if you ever tell anyone what I have said to you, you, you shall vanish away instantly, and no one shall ever see you or hear of you again. Okay, so the nose, all right, whatever. Though the king was horribly afraid of the enchanter, he could not help laughing at this threat. Yeah, if my son has such a long nose as that, said to himself, he must always see it, or feel it at least. And if he is not blind or without hands... But as the enchanter had vanished, he did not waste any more time thinking. Uh, he went to go seek the princess, who was very soon consented to marry him. But after all, uh, they had not been married very long when the, when the king died. and The queen had nothing left to care for but her little son, who, who was called Hyacinth. But the little prince had large blue eyes and the prettiest eyes in the world, and a sweet little mouth. But alas, his nose was so enormous that it covered half his face. Also it's just really wide. The Queen was inconsolable when she saw this great nose, but her ladies assured her that it was not really as large as it looked, that it was a ooh, that it was a Roman nose, and you had only to open any history to see that every hero has a large nose. Uh, the queen, who's devoted to her baby, was pleased with what they told her, and when she looked at Hyacinth again, his nose certainly did not seem to her quite so large. The prince was brought up uh, with great care, and as soon as he could speak, they told him all sorts of dreadful stories about people who had short noses. (laughs) No one has been allowed to come near him whose nose did not more or less resemble his own, and the courtiers, to get into favor with the queen, took to uh, pulling their baby's noses several times every day to make them grow long. But do what they would, they were nothing by comparison uh, with the prince's. When he grew sensible... He learned history, and whenever any great prince or beautiful princess was spoken of, his teachers took care to tell him that they all had long noses. And his room was hung with pictures, all of people with very large noses. And the prince grew up so convinced that a long nose was a great beauty, that he would not on any account have had his own in a single inch shorter. When his 20th birthday was passed, the queen thought it was time that he should be married, so she commanded that the portraits of several princesses should be brought in for him to see, and among the others was a picture of the dear little princess. Now, she was the daughter of a great king and would someday possess several kingdoms herself, but Prince Isseith had not a thought to spare for anything of that sort. He was so much struck Uh, With her beauty, uh, the princess, whom he thought quite charming, had, however, a a little saucy nose, (laughs) which in her face was the prettiest thing possible, but it was a cause of great embarrassment to the courtiers, who had uh, got into such a habit of laughing at little noses that they had sometimes found themselves laughing at hers before they had time to think. But this did not do at all before the prince, who quite failed to see the joke and actually banished two of his courtiers who had dared to mention disrespectfully the dear little princess's tiny nose. The others, taking warning from this, learned to think twice before they spoke, and one even went so far as to tell the prince uh, that, though it was quite true, that no man could be worth anything unless he had a long nose. Still, a woman's beauty was a different thing, And, and he knew a learned man who understood Greek, it had read in some old manuscripts that the beautiful Cleopatra herself had a uh, tip tilted nose. What does that mean? The prince made him a splendid present as a reward for this good news and at once sent ambassadors to ask the dear little princess in marriage. The king, and her father, gave consent, and Prince Hyacinth who, in his anxiety to see the princess, had gone three leagues to meet her, uh, just as advancing, to kiss her hand, Uh, when, to the horror of all who stood by, the enchanter appeared as suddenly as as a flash of lightning, and snatching up, the dear little princess whirled her away out of their sight. Well, the prince was left quite unconsolable and declared that nothing should induce him to go back to his kingdom until he had uh, found her again. And refusing to allow any of his courtiers to follow him, uh, he mounted his horse and rode sadly away, letting the animal choose his own path. So it happened that he came presently to a great plain across which he rode all day long without seeing a single house. And horse and rider were terribly hungry when, as night fell, the prince caught sight of a light uh, which seemed to shine from a cavern. He rolled up to it and uh, saw a little old woman who appeared to be at least a hundred years old. She put on her spectacles uh, to look at the prince, Hyacinth. But it was uh, quite a long time before she could fix them securely because uh, her nose was so very short. "'and the prince and the fairy, for that's who she was, "'had no sooner looked at uh, one another than they went into fits of laughter "'and cried at the same moment, "'Oh, what a funny nose!' "Oh, "'Not, not so funny as your own,' said the prince, hissian to the fairy. "'Oh, but, madam, I beg you to leave the consideration of our noses, uh, "'such as they are, and uh, to be good enough to give me something to eat, "'for I am starving, and so is my poor horse.' With all my heart, said the fairy. Though your nose is so ridiculous, you are nevertheless the son of my best friend. I loved your father as if he had been my brother, now he had a very handsome nose. And pray, What does mine lack, said the prince? No, it doesn't lack anything, replied the fairy. On the contrary, quite, there is only too much of it. Ah, but never mind. Uh, One may be a very worthy man, though his nose is too long. I was telling you uh, that I was your your father's friend. Uh, He often came to see me in the old times, and you must know that I was uh, very pretty in those days. At least he used to say so. I should like to tell you of a conversation we had the last time I ever saw him. "'Indeed,' said the prince. "'When I have supped, it'll give me the greatest pleasure to hear it. "'But consider, madam, I beg of you, that I have had nothing to eat today.' Yeah, "'The poor boy is right,' said the fairy. "'I was forgetting. Come in, and then I will uh, give you some supper. And "'While you are eating, I can tell you my story in uh, in a very few words, "'for I don't like endless tales myself.' too long a tongue is worse than too long a nose. And I remember when I was young that I was so much admired for not being a a great chatterer. They used to tell the queen, uh, my mother, uh, that it was so "'For though you see what I am now, "'I was the daughter of a great king. "'My father, your father, I dare say, "'got something to eat when he was hungry,' "'interrupted the prince. "'Oh, certainly,' answered the fairy. "'And you also shall have supper directly. "'I only just wanted to tell you, "'but I really cannot listen to anything uh, "'until I've had something to eat,' "'cried the prince, who was getting quite angry. "'But then, remembering that he had "'Better be polite as much as needed for the fairy's help,' he added. "'I know that in pleasure of listening to you I should quite forget my own hunger, uh, "'but my horse, who cannot hear you, must really be fed.' The fairy was very much flattered by this compliment, and said, calling to her servants, "'You shall not wait another minute. You are so polite. "'And in spite of the enormous size of your nose, uh, you are really very agreeable. "'Plague!' "'Take the old lady, how she does go on about my nose,' said the prince to himself. "'One would almost think that mine had taken all the extra length that hers lacks. "'If I were not so hungry, I would soon have done with this chatterpie, "'who thinks she talks very little, how stupid people are not to see their own faults. "'That comes of being a princess. "'She has been spoiled by flatterers, "'who have made her believe that she is quite a moderate talker. "'Meanwhile... The servants were putting the supper on the table, and the prince was much amused to hear the fairy who asked them a thousand questions simply for the pleasure of hearing herself speak, uh, especially since he noticed one maid who, no matter what was being said, always contrived to praise her mistress's wisdom. "'Well,' ah, uh, he thought as he ate his supper, "'I am very glad I came here. Uh, this just shows me how sensible I have been, and never listening to flatterers. Uh, people of that sort praise us to our faces without shame, and hide our faults, or change them into virtues.' Uh, for my part, I never will be taken in uh, by them, and I know my own defects. I hope. Poor Prince Hyacinth, he really believed what he said, and hadn't an idea that the people who had praised his nose were laughing at him, just as the fairy's maid was laughing at her. For the prince had seen her laugh slyly, uh, when she could do so without the fairies noticing her. However, he said nothing. "'And presently, when his hunger began to be appeased, the fairy said, "'Yeah, my my dear prince, might I uh, beg you to move a little more that way, "'for your your nose casts such a shadow I cannot see what I have on my plate. "'Ah, thanks. Now let us uh, speak of your father. "'When I went to his court, uh, he was only a little boy.' Uh, "'But that is forty years ago, and I have been in this desolate place ever since. Uh, "'Tell me, what goes on nowadays? "'Are the ladies as fond of amusement as ever? Mm -hmm. "'And in my time, uh, one saw them at parties, Uh, "'theaters and balls and promenades every day. "'Oh, dear me, what a long nose you have. "'I cannot get used to it. "'Really, madam?' said the prince. "'I wish you would leave off mentioning my nose. "'It cannot matter to you what it is like. "'I am quite satisfied with it and have no wish to have it shorter.' "'One uh, must take what is given one.' "'Now, you're angry with me,' said the poor, uh, my poor hessianth,' said the fairy, "'and I assure you that I didn't mean to vex on you. Uh, "'On the contrary, I I wish to do you a service, however, "'though I really cannot help your nose being a shock to me. "'I shall try not to say anything about it. "'I will even try to think that you have an ordinary nose. Uh, "'To tell the truth, it would make three reasonable ones.' Yeah, the prince, who was no longer hungry, grew so impatient at the fairy's continual remarks with his nose that he, he, uh, at last he threw himself upon his horse and rode hastily away. But whenever he came into his journeys, he thought the people were mad, for they talked of his nose, and yet he could not bring himself to admit that it was too long. He had been so used to it all his life hearing that he was called handsome. Yeah, the old fairy, who wished to make him happy, at last hit upon a plan she shut the dear little princess up in a palace of crystal and put this palace down where the prince could not fail to find it his joy at seeing the princess again was extreme and he set to work with all his might to try to break her prison but in spite of all of his efforts he uh, failed utterly and in despair he thought at last uh, that he would try to get near enough to speak to the dear little princess who on her part uh, stretched out her hand that he might kiss it yeah, but it turned Uh, which way he might he could never raise it to his lips for his long nose always prevented it and for the first time he realized how long it really was and he exclaimed well it must be admitted my nose is too long In an instant, the crystal prison flew into a thousand splinters, and the old fairy, taking the dear little princess by the hand, said to the prince, "'Now, say if you are not very much obliged to me. Uh, Much good it was for me to talk to you about your nose. You would never have found out how extraordinary it was if it hadn't hindered you from doing what you wanted to do. You see how self-love keeps us from knowing our own defects of mind and body?' Our reason tries in vain to show them to us, and we refuse to see them till we find them in the way of our interests. Prince Hyacinth, whose nose was now just like anyone else's, did not fail to profit by the lesson he had received. He married the dear little princess, and they lived happily ever after. Well, that was weird. Uh, both stories were weird. Uh, what did we learn? We learned that the uh, the first story, the gardener's son, once given a little bit of power after being mounted by an old woman, uh, he just turns into a jerk. Uh, also, the didn't really think out the ring thing very well. The owner of the ring could just stay young forever, but instead he gives it away... And then also, whoever has the ring, like I said, could basically just rule the world like a god. And also, what about the genie in the ring? Do you think he ever gets tired of just granting wishes all the time to jerks? So the gardener's son kind of goes mad with power and just becomes a jerk. Instead of punishing the person he's competing with. Uh, It's just weird. And the way he won the marriage was basically cheating. He just lied. So what do you learn from that? Nothing. I don't know. Just be a jerk. Be a jerk. Uh, Once you get all the power you want, be even more of a jerk. Just be a jerk. So we learned that much. Uh, The second one, uh, instead of being proud of yourself or having any pride in what other people consider a defect or just having confidence, uh, the lesson is you got problems. Don't ignore them. Uh, I guess that's it. You, you got a big nose, but you're proud of yourself and you don't think your nose is a problem. Well, you better think it's a problem because everyone else does. Uh, conformity, I guess, is what we learned in the last one. If they're trying to say that you got a defect you can't see and sometimes you need to be able to see it, you make it about his personality or something. Like he's selfish and like learn why you shouldn't be selfish. He said this one, she's like, your nose sucks. Your nose is huge. Lots of jokes about the nose. Saucy little nose is a term I'm never going to forget. Uh, And also, the idea that a wizard was a cat, and when you stepped on him, he's freed, but then he's also angry, didn't make any sense to me either. So, what do we learn from that? Uh, Don't be ugly. Be a jerk, and for God's sake, don't be ugly. Well, we're off to a great start here in November. Look forward to reading more. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.